coming up on today's show. What is being used where in their kitchen? So what is taking up their prime real estate? So what are the, what are the really, really high uh, uh, value assets or spaces that you that you really need to think about and maybe that you would attack first? I know we uh, see folks using some of those that are oversized and what ends up happening is they can't cook clean them very well in their kitchen sink because sometimes their sinks are small. Uncover usable space for your kitchen today on Keeping You Organized. Hello and welcome to Keeping You Organized, the show that brings you the best organizing tips, advice, and behind the scenes stories from the top professional organizers in the nation. I'm John Hunt from SME.com, and on today's show, we're going to talk about uncovering usable space for your kitchen. Our guest today is former professional chef and professional organizer now, Julie Omer from Mining Your Manor. Now, if you'd like to know what we've talked about on today's show or any of our episodes, you can go to our podcast page at smeed.com slash podcast. I'll repeat this information at the end of the program today, but for now, let's get into our interview with Julie Omer on today's episode of Keeping You Organized, brought to you by Smeed. Well, welcome to Keeping You Organized. Today, we're going to do a little uh, detective work, uh, kind of uh, uncovering some areas that you might use uh, for your kitchen, but maybe aren't in your kitchen, or some of them will be in your kitchen. But what we're trying to do here is, if your kitchen is kind of small, and you have stuff that you need to use, but it all won't fit in the kitchen, how can we be creative about that? Now, the only person I can think to ask about this is not only a professional organizer, but someone who used to be a chef. It's Julie Ulmer, Minding Your Manor. Julie, how are you doing today? I'm well, John. How are you? Thanks for having me back. Good. And I know you're out in that New York area, and uh, I know sometimes real estate out there can be super expensive and spaces can be really small. So, uh, you know, I'm sure you run into this with kitchens. So how do people operate a kitchen in a very small space? That's kind of our uh, part of our theme today, but it's also right. how can you maybe uncover some other spaces that can help maybe equip your kitchen a little bit better. Am I on the right track here? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. definitely. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, there, there are lots of uh, apartments and small townhouses and whatnot, uh, or living in an RV, for instance, uh, where space is entirely limited. And it's time for people to kind of think outside of the box to figure out ways uh, where they can uh, sort of bump the overflow of things that that can't live in the kitchen for lack of space um, and or using their great organizing skills to figure out what deserves that prime real estate in the kitchen. So, okay, well, let's say you're, let's, let's say, well, let's say you're sitting down with a client. I'm coming to you and saying, oh, I got kind of this limited space. How do you start with them? What are the first steps in kind of designing this uh, special project? One of the things I like to look at uh, straight away is what is, being used where in their kitchen. So what is taking up their prime real estate? Um, do they have a dishwasher which can make a difference? What kind of appliances do they have on their countertops? Do they have that old traditional canister set of tea, coffee, sugar, and flour? 
um, you know, what, do, what does landscape look like, basically? Uh, getting a lowdown on what's going on in the kitchen and how they use it is important. Uh, we often find things, we professional organizers find things that don't belong in the kitchen or there is no other place for it or because of a habit, that's where it ends up. For instance, uh, taking medications, that's something that you know, it's very typical for a lot of people to have supplements and medications in the kitchen, um, counter space being taken up by, you know, junk mail, incoming mail, uh, etc. But more importantly, I'm looking at how often are we using that KitchenAid stand mixer or, or you know, whatever brand stand mixer or whatever brand food processor. Mm -hmm. um, if they're on the countertop, you better be using them about once a week, you know, otherwise, um, does it really deserve to live there? So that's one of the first things is to assess what is not working for them, how often they use things, um, and what are the kind of, you know, the pain points for them uh, based on how they cook. Uh, for instance, some people cooking from scratch oftentimes have a lot of cutting boards, a lot of big stock pots, you know, they're making mm -hmm. bone broth from scratch, they're making even pasta from scratch. Um, those are sort of complicated routines. Or is it a kitchen where, you know, we're doing some real basic uh, batch cooking, perhaps only for one or two people? Or, you know, is it how many people are we cooking for, too? Because that comes into play a lot. Right. Okay. So uh, let's just say, and I love this prime real estate uh, concept. And I know you were a chef, you've uh, worked in restaurants, you probably still love to cook, I would imagine. Um, so what are, the, what are the really, really high uh, uh, value assets or spaces that you, that you really need to think about and maybe that you would attack first? I know we, there's all kinds of different ones, but oh, sure. um, what's going to get the highest uh, impact? And I know it's going to depend on the kind of use of the kitchen, but you know, let's just say you know, food prep in general. What is that mm -hmm. space and what do you need to have near you? One of the things I'm always looking at besides logistics is the actual equipment and utensils that people are using. So for instance, let's say someone likes to use grandma's old pottery, uh, you know, big ceramic mixing bowls. Nice, but those often weigh about five to 10 pounds uh, a piece for those great big old mixing bowls. And they don't stack very well because someone might have four or five or six of them. Um, whereas a stacking set of stainless steel mixing bowls, which is what you find in most professional kitchens, uh, is super easy. They nestle and they stack in really well and they're super lightweight, super easy to clean. And you can even store them in a place like on top of the refrigerator without worrying about if they were to fall down, you know, somebody going to get a concussion over <laughs> a great big heavy bowl like that. So, um, Things along those lines, I also like to take an inventory to find out how many pots and pans do we really have? Do we need all of those pots and pans? Um, I worked with a client and she had pot covered lids, just tons and tons of lids. And I felt pretty certain that she didn't need all of them. So we put them in a box. We put them in the basement. Of course, we labeled the box and we put a tickle note inside of where her pots and pans were making note that if you need more lids, they're downstairs in the basement uh -huh. in, you know, exactly where they were. 
And she found, of course, after six months that she never needed those extra pot lids, uh, that she was able to work just fine with what she had. So there's a bit of identification. And then there's the thinking out of the box. Uh, For instance, pantries. Everybody would love to have a pantry that's just off of the kitchen or it's Mm -hmm. just a part of the kitchen. It just always... You know, it just doesn't always make uh, make the case. It, it's not going to happen in some small kitchens. So I see a lot of clients who will have um, a little storage area, perhaps in their basement, um, or you know, they've actually reused china hutches in a new, unique way instead of keeping china, which they don't use very frequently, in a hutch. They've used pretty paper over hmm. where the glass parts of a china hutch are, and they've used that as a pantry in a dining room. So, you know, kind of these sneaky, you know, sneaky little ways to discover how can we come up with more space to store the things that we only use rarely, um, as well as, you know, how can we kind of create space out of nowhere? I have to laugh at that because when we built our house, uh, we were looking at the plans and my wife said to the builder, well, where's the pantry? Well, you know, there isn't one. So oh, no. thankfully, while we were still in the planning stages, because my wife loves to cook, we finally got the, the pantry put together, uh, you know, carved a space out for it and built it, you know, and so we had that. It's, uh, you know, if you can do that in advance, that's great. But uh, sure. so anyway, we're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll talk more about uh, other creative hacks, I guess what you would say, mm-hmm. our techniques for uncovering finding usable space that you can use uh, for your kitchen. Maybe it's not in the kitchen like you just mentioned. So uh, we're with Julie Ulmer, Minding Your Manor, and we'll be right back. Stock up on your favorite organizing products now at myorganize.life. This is the perfect time of year to equip your office with file folders, expanding files, project organizers, and more. And introducing our new bright white folder line that coordinates with any office decor. It's easy. Shop online and it's delivered right to your office. Stock up now on your favorites with everything you need at myorganized.life. That's myorganized.life. Myorganized.life. We're back now on Keeping You Organized, talking about uh, creating usable space for your kitchen. And if you were with us before the break, you found out that maybe sometimes that usable space isn't even in the kitchen. But we have our uh, resident chef and expert professional organizer, Julie Ulmer, from Minding Your Manor. And, and Julie, I'm sure having worked in a professional kitchen, um, you, you know, there are probably certain tools that are must-haves, too, just as you know, uh, the, the bare minimums. And I know we were talking before the break about the bowls and what kind of bowls you should use, but are there certain ones that maybe are a little more space efficient, like maybe they stack or something that's easy, uh, that someone should think about that might be an alternative to something that's a little more bulky and takes up a lot of room? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, when, when we look at things like food prep, it's important to understand you know, what's being used, how frequently, and how easy is it to clean? For instance, I I find a lot of clients that have great, big, huge, wooden, bulky cutting boards, which are great, and I have some too, and they're especially good for 
uh, especially if they have a, a, a divot all around the edge to collect juices if you're carving mm -hmm. a piece of meat uh, or something along those lines. But a lot of times those great big, huge, bulky wooden cutting boards make it difficult to clean. You can't throw them in the dishwasher. Um, sometimes they're high enough on the counter that will affect kind of even the way that you're used to cutting your vegetables just because of their bulk. Is it mm -hmm. possible to think about going to a different style cutting board uh, that might be a little bit thinner and easier to manipulate? Uh, so, for instance, sheet pans, uh, cookie sheet pans, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I see folks using some of those that are oversized, and what ends up happening is they can't cook, clean them very well in their kitchen sink because sometimes their sinks are small, uh, and um, it, they can't fit in in the dishwasher. So sometimes it makes sense to kind of go smaller in mm -hmm. order to be able to utilize your space better, and I, I think everyone is sort of guilty of this most stoves have this bottom drawer that is supposedly mm -hmm. called a warmer drawer <laughs> and none of us use it for warming ever it's oh. always an extra receptacle for um, what have yous now Cast iron, I want to just mention how cool cast iron is and enameled cast iron. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are so interested in using that. They, they're trying to get away from Teflon, which I appreciate. It can be very heavy. So it's just up to thinking about um, is our uh, ceiling, can our ceiling support a pot rack? Mm. Okay, maybe not. Well, then how about we have a rack on the side of the kitchen island that can hold a few uh, like S hooks mm -hmm. and can handle the weight of a cast iron pan. Right. Um, so, you know, there's these little tricks that can kind of create space out of nowhere, right. um, such as getting away from using round containers such as round Tupperware style leftover containers and going to rectangular because mm. that's how your refrigerator is set up, right? It's set up for doing things in squares. Oh, okay. And that's in, interesting. Yeah. And in rectangles. Um, another great way to, to pop up space where you didn't think you had it before are island carts, some of which uh, can actually sort of origami themselves a little bit flat, some of which you can just kind of move around to, let's say, another area of the house. Um, I see a lot of folks using uh, carts along those lines, sort of as like a mini bar in their dining room. Mm -hmm. And if you need, especially like during Thanksgiving, where you just need some extra flat surface space, nothing wrong with, you know, trying to wheel that cart in. It, it can't live in the kitchen all the time, but for that particular occasion, you know, it, it sure can create just a little bit more landing space um, for, for you, you know? Yeah. Okay. So now uh, there also, I'm sure we all have these, those little specialty cookers, you know, maybe it's the waffle iron, maybe it's... Uh, you know, something you use once in a while, but boy, they take up a lot of space. Um, do you have any suggestions on where maybe some of that stuff could be uh, a space for them so they have their own home? Yeah, it depends on the obviously the frequency of use, how easy are they to store, uh, and sometimes it comes right down to, is it something that you're actually going to utilize? And I'll use this as an example because... I kind of live it. Uh, I have one of those large electric plug-in griddles. Oh, yeah. Right? Really great if you're going to make a, a pancake breakfast for the whole crew. However, 
taking it out of the box because I like to keep it nice and putting it up on the counter and then I lose the counter space versus could I achieve pretty good pancakes uh, just using a couple of saute or frying pans mm -hmm. on the stove top. So sometimes people have to sort of investigate, you know, what's their plan B and is it the worst when it comes to that? Um, for instance, blenders. Uh, most of the time you don't even need a blender now if you have a Vitamix type machine type right. blender, but also immersion blenders have taken over most of the job that most blenders have done in the past minus you know, making smoothies out of super hard frozen fruits and super hard, you know, ice cubes. So yeah. trying to think about um, things that can, you know, be utilized for multiple purposes and um, where's a good place to stash that Belgian waffle iron if you're only using it once every six months. The trick, I think, is to remember where it is, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the problem with most folks is, where did I put it? Right. So that's why I love tickle notes inside of cupboards and inside of closets. And even in a cookbook, when you go to that favorite recipe for the Belgian waffles um, that you're preparing to make, there's a little sticky style note in there that says waffle iron is on the stairs to the attic or waffle iron is in the closet in the den or something along <laughs> those lines. Until uh, you can kind of retrain your brain to know yes. where's the stuff after all. Uh, that that's uh, great advice. You know, earlier on in the first part of the show, we talked about you know things like mail, and let's let's just talk for a moment here about non-cooking or non-food stuff that still congregates in the kitchen. I can think of things like mail, maybe the family calendar, or, or some things like that. Uh, what uh, do you have any recommendations on stuff like that as you as you process through how you might find space for those? Sure. Uh, you've heard this over and over how many times, right? Have you heard about having a drop zone and or mm -hmm. a launching pad in your home, which is the place that when you first enter, you can set things down like a kid's knapsack or a purse or keys, mm -hmm. the mail. Um, it's also the place where you grab everything up that you need to head out the door the next day, a briefcase, lunchbox, etc. Um, those are so essential to helping divert things from staying in the kitchen where you have to kind of clear the counters every time you want to do any sort of food preparation. Right. So kind of going backwards to what's my entryway look like? And oftentimes the entryway is in the kitchen. So there have been some special challenges from time to time, um, especially with like a really small kitchen or a galley kitchen. What other areas of the house can we use that's close to that that we could use as a drop zone? Could we use um, shaker peg rail on the wall near the front door? Could mm -hmm. we use, um, you know, uh, um, some sort of a bench, a, built, a bench that has built-in storage hmm. uh, that could store shoes, but also is a good place to drop a knapsack off? Um, and, and you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world if people have a, a basket of mail in the kitchen. Right. But when it starts really taking over your counter space and or you find your mail is always splashed with coffee <laughs> or dusted with flour, yes. you know, then it's then it's time to sort of reconfigure your system and think about, OK, what other area can I use uh, that isn't going to you know, impede my making dinner right. and it can be tricky. I like um, 
multi-tiered fruit baskets. Mm. Those are really handy. Those can stand on, they can be used for anything, fruit, produce, you know, mail. You can put time sensitive stuff in the top and, and perhaps just actionable stuff in the bottom. Um, I like those. They're helpful over the sink shelves and shelf risers. Those are also helpful for getting some of the things up off the counter so that you can wipe counters easily. Um, don't forget, you know, hanging uh, storage on the, let's even say the side of a refrigerator. Yes. There's all sorts of magnetic uh, baskets and or uh, magnetic clips that you could clip you know, the homework uh, or the permissions slip to the side of the refrigerator or corral things in a basket that way. Well, these, these have been incredible tips. I, I just, uh, I love it. I mean, I think if anything, if someone got inspired today to not be discouraged about a smaller kitchen or a kitchen that's kind of jam-packed, they can uh, maybe take some of these things and put them into effect. But for those that might need a little extra help, Julie, why don't you tell people uh, the services you offer and how someone can go about getting a hold of you? Sure. Well, uh, anybody can reach me and ask me a question about anything at uh, www.mindingyourmanner.com, M-A-N-O-R. And I'm just south of Albany, New York, which is the capital of New York State. And I service the lovely Berkshires, um, as well as uh, kind of tucked in between the Catskills nice. and the upper Hudson Valley. So I help clients with decluttering, uh, organization, downsizing, moving and relocating, uh, productivity, and I specialize in chronic disorganization and hoarding behavior awesome. uh, and hoarding disorder. So I love to service clients in three states and seven counties because I'm located in just such a nifty little spot right here. Um, south of Albany, New York. Well, I suppose if someone could like uh, send you a little picture or FaceTime you or something, you could also uh, look at their kitchen too and maybe give them a few tips, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm starting definitely to do more virtual organizing. Works out really well for some clients who have physical disabilities mm -hmm. and they're not up to a long session uh, with uh, with an organizer, but they're they're good about doing a little bit of the work. So just an hour long virtual session works for them much more so than hands-on. So yeah, I'd love to be able to help people that way too. Great. Well, we'll put your contact information also in our show notes. Julie, thank you so much again for uh, giving us that uh, expert advice, you know, from not only a professional organizer, but from someone who's actually worked the kitchen pretty heavily in the past. Yeah. And uh, I think, again, hopefully people will be inspired. Oh, I hope so too. Get cooking. Okay. Let's do it. All right, folks, there you have no excuses now. What's for dinner? Okay, get it, get it all ready and uh, take a look at your space and see, is there something sitting out there that maybe could go somewhere else and, and be creative in your solutions? And then join us next time for Keeping You Organized. Keeping You Organized is sponsored by Smead Manufacturing. To find out more information about this show, go to www.smead.com slash podcast. Executive Producer, Gail Taylor. Producer, Leanne Thompson. Engineer, Ben Schmidt. And I'm John Hunt for Smead.com. Keeping you organized, copyright 2018, Smead Manufacturing.